the best part about this song is watching you jiggle across the fucking table. He's on a diet, guys. I'm only going to be able to say that for a couple more weeks. And here we are. Welcome back, everybody. Episode three of the Chop Heads MMA podcast. I got my boy Tommy D here. Big, big week in the MMA world. And it's um, only Wednesday. And it's only Wednesday. We have my boy Nate Diaz announced to headline or co-headline UFC 262. We have a lot to wrap up with the main event that just took place this weekend with the Sugar Show, with Nganu. We have Nate Diaz tweets. We have Conor McGregor tweets. We have Ben Askren, Jake Paul press conference. A lot of, a lot of big things happened this week. But first, Tommy, you guys over at Fightbook MMA and the Pride Rules guys, you had some early predictions, and they actually came true. Tell us about what you got going on over there. So Thursday night, uh, we did the joint show with um, Sitting Ringside and Pride Rules, where we got to make the announcement of our partnership here with uh, with Chop Sports. And as we were talking, of course, we were talking about Sugar Show and talking about potential opponents for him. And we had said, you know, Dominic Cruz would be a great fight, and it was just announced yesterday. That Sugar Rashad Evans, I keep saying Rashad so, Evans, Sugar Sean O'Malley. So Sean Shelby needs to call Tommy the Reverend. Dude, at, it was, you know what? It wasn't even me that, that announced that Sean fight. Sean Shelby even making the matches anyway. Yeah. He still is. And Mick Maynard. Mick Maynard. That's the name I always hear more often now. Mick Maynard. Um, <laughs> it was the other guys of the show that, you know, we were kind of kicking names around for Sean O'Malley. And I don't know if it was Rudy or. Tyler, that said Dominic Cruz would be perfect. Yesterday it was announced that they are going for that Dominic Cruz fight. It's kind of fucked up that they're going to sacrifice Cruz like that at the tail end of things. You know, it's it's an intriguing fight, right? Because Dominic Cruz was the best at that weight I mean, I shouldn't say that. I thought Cruz was just going to lose, and he looked really good in his last outing. So I guess you you throw him a bone to give him a chance to get back. If he loses to uh, O'Malley, it's kind of... You know. If he loses to O'Malley, I guess you can kind of sit there and say, well, you know, he's at the tail end. You know, maybe Dominic Cruz is just a gatekeeper. And, and at this point, they're looking for, well, it's hard to call somebody a gatekeeper that dominated the division. A gatekeeper is a guy, to me, that's never made it. That's never actually either fought for a title or never won a title and kind of just like was the guy that you measured up against the entire time. So if you've been a former champion, I think you officially shed the gatekeeper moniker for life. Wouldn't you agree with that? Like, I'll give you a gatekeeper. Depends, man. A gatekeeper is a Darren Till. Possibly, dare I say, a Nate Diaz. And, you know, someone like that where, like, they're on the cusp. They never actually quite got there. But Nate did uh, he did fight for a title. Yeah, once, he so. fought for a title, and he fucked himself in fighting for those titles. Yeah, um, we'll get into more about how the whole Nate Diaz situation plays out and that whole UFC needs me, you need me, I need you situation with Nate. Um, that's the same song and dance. And that is frustrating as a big Nate fan, but that's just par for the course, man. What do you expect? With That's how they operate. And it almost gets them... The uh, to be the draw that they are, in my opinion, because they don't fight, they don't break, they basically they stand true to their shit. They're real. They don't fuck around, and you ain't gonna fucking get them to fight some bum. Well, because they have the greatest contract ever written. Yeah, they're paid whether they fight or not. Um, I don't want to get into the Nate Diaz thing right now because we have more for it later. First, mm-hmm. we're gonna get into your boy, Jake Paul, Ben Askren. You see the press conference this week, bro. So pathetic. It's so pathetic. And, and you know, uh, Dave, our buddy Dave over here at, at Chop Sports, kind of wanted me Shout to, out to uh, Sturch. He, he's got the FOMO. I actually talked to him. He's like, damn, man, I'm, I don't know if you listened to the last podcast. He talks about having FOMO for not being here. Heard you talking shit about his boy Brock. It's pretty <laughs> funny. Pretty funny. But go ahead. So he wanted me to, uh, to kind of elaborate on my feelings with this whole entire thing, especially for a post that was put in CHOP today uh, by our buddy Mike Iwankyu, who's out there living the life in fucking Hawaii, um, that he was kind of questioning um, Ben Askren. Ben Askren, thank you, as UFC being a, uh, a UFC fighter. Yes, he was a UFC fighter. He had three fights in the UFC. One was successful, two weren't. 
at that point it makes you a UFC fighter. CM Punk is a UFC was a UFC fighter because he had two unsuccessful fights in there. So technically he is a UFC fighter. Now if you're going to ask me if Jake Paul or his brother, you know, Paul Wall, whatever the fuck they are, if you're going to ask me that they are boxers, absolutely not. And here's the reason why I'm going to say that. They're not having WBO, WBC sanctioned fucking boxing matches. They're not even having technically amateur boxing matches. They're famous through YouTube. So anybody can have unsanctioned fights. It's not really like you can do that. You can have unsanctioned fights. They're not considered professional athletes. This is a guy in Jake Paul who fights people on his front lawn yeah, in boxing that, gloves like dressed gets, as like, Ivan other Drago. YouTubers. Yeah. That dude's a fucking scumbag. So it, it's, it's a joke. So if you're going to count him as a professional boxer, then Dustin Diamond, Joey Buttafuoco, um, what the hell was the guy's name that Manute, was in Manute Bowl? Did Manute Bowl do Manute celebrity Bowl, boxing? Manute Bowl fought um, William Defrigerator Perry, Danny Bonaducci, like all these guys that did celebrity I'm, boxing. I'm pretty sure that Sticky Fingers from Onyx fought like Fred Durst or, or something weird. Uh, yeah, Some you know what I mean. It, it's then they're considered professional boxers too. It, it's not a professional boxer. He's not, and it kind of bothers me because he trains with. The Shane Mosley camp. Yeah, because he's got money. Yeah, but you're talking, those are official guys at the, at the Mosley camp. So he's allowed to pay for trainers. I don't see any real issue with that. Yeah, no, I don't see any issue with that either. I see issue with the fact that Mosley's letting him be a fucking joke. That I understand. Like how, but here's the thing money talks, bro. Like uh, Shane Mosley isn't out here, you know, taking title fights anymore. So where's he getting paid? You know, where he's getting paid? Jake Paul. And it's, it's you know? so fucking sickening. And, and the other part that was sickening to me, and I get why Mike Tyson did it, because, you know, Jake Paul fought on his card with Roy Jones Jr., but he's sitting there saying that Jake Paul and his, his brother are, you know, a big reason why boxing is so popular right now. That is so false. Come on, dude. That is so false. I mean, boxing does need a little bit of help. They got a little infusion with the, with the heavyweights lately. And they definitely need help. Boxing needs a little bit of help. Well, yeah, because you just had Canelo Alvarez fight a dude that pushes fucking uh, shopping carts at, like, Albertsons, where he lives, for a a championship fight. Like, that's why boxing needs help. Boxing needs help for garbage like this. Yeah, and because guys like Oscar De La Hoya, who should be promoting his star fighters, is out here making a comeback. Like, get the fuck over Well, I mean, his star fighter, I think, is going to jail for a little bit. Who, right? Oh, no. Uh, That's right. He's not... uh, He's not with uh, Golden Boy, Delahoy, the Golden Boy promotions, the one that uh, Floyd Mayweather. Oh, Javante Davis. Yeah, yeah. Fuck him. I can't stand him. But like those, are, those are your big names. So right now, your biggest name in boxing is your Tyson Furies, your Deontay Wilders, you know Canelo Alvarez. Yeah, um, that's what's driving boxing. Now it's going to be fun to watch Mike Tyson and Vander Holyfield when that fight happens again because they're two old guys fighting each other. They were at least pro boxers. What we have right now with Ben Askren and Jake Paul, it's a joke. And the reason why it's a joke is because Jake Paul takes fights with guys who aren't boxers. He just fought Nate Robinson, a retired basketball player that played for the Knicks. So he's just used to taking L's. I think Ben Askren made the point in the press conference where he's like, you know, I'm not your first choice, but I'm the second easiest choice to you. Yeah. You know, you obviously picked an easy fighter that's a ground fighter. You're not out here boxing no. fighters. But I'll tell you this. Don't be shocked to see Askren fucking TKO him. I hope he does. Like, I love Ben Askren. But I if don't. you listen to my podcast, you, you know, I'm a huge, and especially with we are huge fans of wrestlers. Yes. But I'm, I'm a not, big I'm wrestling not, fan. I'm not a huge fan of Askren. I like Askren because I think he got to the UFC too late. He got way too comfortable fighting people that he was just way too good. Completely uh, manhandling. You know what I mean? Dana White purposely waited this long to sign him because think about 10 years ago. It would have been Ben Askren, GSP. But GSP would have fucking mauled him. 
I don't know with his Stop. wrestling. It would have been Stop. interesting. Stop. He would have just boxed him. He's he's good enough a wrestler for it to not go to the ground. I mean, maybe you might be right, but we don't know. Killed him. Stop. We don't know. Yeah, I do know. You also thought that Connor had a chance at beating Floyd Mayweather Listen, in a boxing Shut ring. the fuck up. We're talking about a guy that who does GSP lost to? We just talked about him the other day, last week. He's arguably the goat. Now you're going to tell me that Ben Askren at any point in his career is going to come in and beat him? I don't fucking want to hear it. I don't know, Put bro. some respect on his name. You know, I, I don't know. It could have been at least an interesting fight. And I'm but not, I can tell you this much, Dana didn't want to chance it. I'm not here to, um, to cape up for GSP in any way, shape, or form because I'll be the first to critique him. But got to respect it. Ben Askren and GSP are not on the same level. Uh, it must have been at the same level enough that Dana White didn't want to chance it. I, I don't know, man, but, you know, we got him way too late in the UFC, um, and it, it it definitely was a little, you know, smear on his legacy. But uh, the greatest quote I saw today was somebody on Twitter that said, if you beat Jake Paul, we will wipe clean your getting knocked out by Jorge Masvidal in, like, six seconds. Yeah, but do you really think that um, Jake Paul actually has a chance in this fight? Other than everyone else saying it and the fact that he's probably going to open up as a favorite. Is there, is there odds on this fight yet? I'm sure there will be, but not yet. Um, thing is, like, Ben Askren's striking was always like, That's what I'm saying. So that's what I'm like, saying. Like, let's, let's put everything else aside from what we know about the guys as far as, like, personalities go. Break down the fight. Who wins the fight and how? <sighs> if Shane Mosley actually takes part in Jake Paul's camp, and teaches him how to utilize his size because he's a bigger opponent and actually sit on the outside and utilize his jab, Jake Paul could outpoint him. But if Ben Askren gets on the inside, I think he can, you know, little Mac him. Yeah, I don't think it's if he gets on the inside. Like, he's going to work his way to the inside at least several times. I know it's different with boxing gloves, mm-hmm. but if you watch Jake Paul's training highlights or, or sparring right now, you know, he's really like he's th- he's throwing that hard overhand right and he's kind of ducking. Like his technique is there, but his technique doesn't seem to be there when he's sparring completely. You know why? Because he has no amateur record. Yeah, he's not, he's he's fighting, not actually been in the fire not, yet. He's fighting people who are not boxers. Yeah. Um, I'm questioning his ability to be willing. Not his ability, his willingness to stay in the pocket. Because Ben Askren is going to move forward the entire time. Like, there is not going to be... He, even if he gets destroyed with punches and jabs, he's literally going to just dummy the way his way forward. Um, Get him in the clinch, and he's just like pitter-patter, pitter-patter, and then the uppercut. That sneaky uppercut. When he hits him with that uppercut, which he will, I think that, that shot might put Jake Paul down. I think what Ben Askren needs to do is, like, fake a shot just to see what he does. Because if he drops his hands, Ben Askren could just open right and up. And just to be honest, looking at the way they looked in the press conference, Jake Paul looked way outclassed. He looks like he doesn't belong there because you know what? He, he doesn't, doesn't belong there, yeah. He hasn't he hasn't paid his dues to get there. But you know what? And I think that this has been talked about by a few people on the um, in the Facebook group. Um, we've just spent 10 minutes talking about Jake Paul and Ben Askren. So all the bullshit, he's not a real fighter, Screech, uh, Manute Bowl. We just spent 10 minutes on our podcast talking about Jake Paul. So they are doing something right. And, Tommy, are you going to watch the fight? Of course you oh, are. Oh, oh, dude, listen. I would watch Christopher Reeves fighting Stephen Hawking in a boxing ring in their wheelchairs. That would seem probably like how um, GSP against Askren would have gone. Probably. They probably would have just probably. laid there. And- but, like, I would watch that. It's 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 violence at some point. You know what I mean? It's it's violence. Now you're asking me if I would pay for that event. You're out of your fucking mind. That's why I love the internet. <laughs> Dana Way is coming for you, bro. You better be careful. Oh, Uncle please. Uncle Dana's on the prowl. <laughs> but anyway... That's enough about talking about Jake Paul and Ben Askren. I got Ben Askren probably in like the sixth round by a TKO. Um, nobody, I don't even know how many rounds this fight is. I would imagine it's eight rounds. You know, amateur fight, but like it's got to be something more than three rounds, five rounds. Is it even an amateur fight? What are they trying to call it? What are they? What are they trying I to build this? I don't know. As? That's the thing. The trilla, I don't know. The I don't even know what else. Like what other fights are on this card? Because it's it, it, sometime in April, I don't know what other fights are on there. It would be pretty cool 
if the Anderson Silva versus uh, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. fight would be on that. See, now that's a real fight. Hey guys, this is Sturge from Chop Sports, and I want to talk to you about a new hobby of mine, and that's real estate. Ever since we brought on our resident realtor here at Chop Sports, that's all I can think about. So we got another one. You know who's really good at this stuff? Jay Devlin of CRG Homes. Jay is out of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and business is booming. Whether you're looking to relocate, buy, rent, or literally purchase property and watch your stacks get higher, Jay is the guy to do this for you. He's already in the process of helping me out right now on a possible summer home. Call Jay right now, 843-315-5913, and have yourself a chat and learn about all the perks and tell him Chop Sports sent you. You know, as I get older, I tend to appreciate different things. One thing I love now more than I ever have in the past is some unique furniture. Not just any furniture, unique custom furniture made by Battle Rattle Woodworks. He's specializing in charcuterie boards for all those parties you're about to host when this weather gets a little nicer. Even better, if you enter the code CHOP15 at checkout, you're going to get 15% off your entire purchase. Massive savings on some unique American-made stuff. Help support your local veteran right now and visit them on social media at Battle Rattle Woodworks. UFC 262 is announced. Mm-hmm. They announced the um, co-main with Nate Diaz, Leon Edwards, which we talked about a little bit. But this card, man, it looks pretty stacked. When you got a card that's this stacked, that uh, that prelim and uh, early prelim probably going to get chopped down. Yeah, when you see Jacare down there, like way down, he's probably like the main event of the early prelims. No, bro. I mean, look at the way he just got yeah, he knocked hasn't, out but by still, Kevin Holland. Yeah. I mean, that was his last fight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Kevin Holland, right? You see what happened with him today? No, I did not. Um, so Darren Till broke his collarbone, and Marvin Vittori needs an opponent, and Kevin Holland managed to talk himself into it. He doesn't stop talking, so I guess. We get a chance to redeem himself after that piss poor performance in that what was it two weeks ago with mm-hmm. Derek Brunson. So it'd be nice to see him get back in there. Um, I actually like his chances in this fight, but Vittori is underrated. I'm not going against my Italian brethren. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a very long time since we've had an Italian in combat sports that's actually been really worth it. Besides Matt Sarah, so. Uh, Fuck you, Kevin Holland. Why did you have to take this fight? Because he, I think Kevin Holland does have a, a nice style matchup with this guy, but Victoria is a beast. We'll see how that goes. But anyway, back to UFC 262. Just getting into it, you know, that's Tony Ferguson against Darius. That's a great fight. It's one that Darius has been deserving for a really long time, a big-name opponent like this, and finally gets to test himself. It's a shame that he's going to get the version of Tony that I think is a little past his prime. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, Darius is on like a seven-fight win streak. Um, so it's about time he starts getting somebody in the top five. It's funny because I always talk, I think I said this last week about how Oliveira reminds me of, you know, kind of reminds me of Tony, the way his career has gone. And I feel, I don't even think Tony has ever still gotten his title shot, right? Wasn't the fight against Kevin Lee for the interim yeah, but belt? that was an interim belt. The, his fight against Gaethje wasn't for the title. That was actually just to fight Khabib, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Would you consider the interim belt a title shot? At this point, well, the UFC, I mean, the back then, yeah, because I mean, everybody was getting interim titles back then. It was the UFC participation trophy. Yeah, another exciting fight on this card is the Ar- Barbosa Burgos. Yeah, it's just you know I love Edson. Everybody knows I love Edson, but since he's gone down to Florida, I almost feel like he's gone flat. Which is crazy because he went down there with his his Muay Thai coach, so nothing changed except who he's training with and he's training down there at ATT with some top, top athletes, but like his peak and like the best that he looked was when he was rolling around there like with Frankie and, and Eddie Alvarez and, and all those guys over there. At- he's got a lot of mileage, bro. You know, it <clears throat> yeah. ends up after a while, but Terry Adam is still bagging groceries somewhere in England drooling as he smiles <laughs> from, from that spinning wheel kick of doom. <laughs> yeah. Edson Barbosa is a fucking highlight machine. Over his career, but unfortunately... God, I, I but, think the beating that Khabib put on him kind of took some years off his life, though. Yeah. Um, how many guys in the UFC could say that? Pretty much a lot of guys in the lightweight division could say, yeah, Khabib shaved a couple years off my career. Well, you know, because... Not to go off topic, but if you looked at that fight with Edson and you looked at the, the Connor fight, Connor wasn't trying to get up. He was just staying there, letting Khabib, you know, work his... 
get his his uh, his positions and things like that. Edson was trying to get up, and then in trying to get up, he was just getting his face waffled for yeah. five rounds. And it's just a grueling ass fight when you're constantly Ugh. trying to get off the mat, and you got that polar bear dragging you back down. I yeah, he kind of hasn't looked the same to me since that fight. But you know this this. Maybe this Burgos fight's going to bring the old Edson back out. Like, we need those. He needs that highlight reel knockout kind of at this point. Um, go back to the leg kicks. You know what I mean? He, he kind of got away from the leg kicks. Go back to that. You know, do some spinning shit. Come on, Edson. Give us what we want to see. We don't want to see you punch because we know you're not that great of a stand-up striker with your hands. We want to see those feet. Well... I don't think he's going to have much of a chance. I think Burgos might take him out early in this one. I don't want to give predictions early, but just I think it's his time, man. It's I could like happen. The way they're matching this up right now is kind of giving Burgos that name to come out against. You see that a lot across the UFC right now. There's almost a changing of the guard. I mean, you know, Bellator could always use a good 155er if he wanted to go back up. I think uh, I think Edson could do well there. Yeah. Well. Anyway, back to. Real reason why we're here to talk about this card. Mm-hmm. It's my boy Nate. So, obviously, now that Nate's back in the news, we have the pleasure of reading his wonderful tweets and the responses to those said tweets. And Nate Diaz tweets out he's excited to let the younger guys get a chance to get some shine now that he's leaving the division. So, he's what was he? He was kind of using satire to poke fun at the um, Oliveira and Chandler and yeah. Chandler matchup that these guys need to be recognized finally for all the hard training that they've done over the years. And then my boy Conor McGregor steps in on Twitter and they kind of go back and forth. Did you read any of those tweets? With the one with, uh, with, with, with Conor talking about the, the people in the, in the canoe or whatever the hell it was. Well, I'll just get into it real quick. All right. So, Nate Diaz tweets out, who went up two weight classes in half a day notice? No hesitation and not promotion about it. Just did it because I ain't no bitch. (laughs) How's that, Connor? Fuck you. Whatever you think you did already, done by a real G. Try not to get finished again. (laughs) That's funny. All right. So then Connor comes back. And don't worry about my next fight, bro. You and your face know what I'm like. When I go at it with it, I don't even know what the fuck they're trying uh, to yeah, say. Yeah, I, I don't right. know. English, please. All right, so don't forget Dustin fucked you up, but he's scared of me. You are both some bitches. <laughs> and I slapped Kebab, and he was scared with no counter. And he owned you. So who's the real king? Me, bitch. That's who. King <laughs> Nate Dog. <laughs> so I love it. But then I got to say, man, Connor comes in like Connor usually does, and the swift uppercut with the follow by the left. Right here. I forgot nothing, bro, and you'll see that soon enough. And don't talk to me about that little slap in the scuffle. I had them all trapped thinking they were dead. (laughs) I assume he's talking about the bus incident. Mm -hmm. All right. You're the king of nothing, and this is where the burn happens. You're the king of nothing. You couldn't even win your own belt they made for you, (laughs) let alone any other. Ooh, that's the burn. You know, he... Not wrong, and you know we've we talked about this on Pride Rules when Nate had that opportunity at the lightweight belt, he lost to Benson fucking Henderson. That is a fight Nate Diaz should win all day yeah, long. Man, I wish, I really wish that he could have that one back. I think to, to be fair, Ben Henderson was at the top of his game, and I think that was the best version of Ben, obviously. And it might have been. I don't like to say this, but. Was that pre-USADA? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and like what has Ben done post-USADA? Blues and Bellator. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I don't know. I don't want to make any accusations. No, nah, but as, that was no a fight that Nate test, Diaz should have won, won all day long. Yeah. Um, for whatever reason, Nate just in that that – those days refused to play any type of defense and just... He spent more time flipping him the bird yeah, like in a 50-50 position. But anyway, that's Come not what on, we're here man. to talk about. Ben Henderson doesn't deserve the same breath as Nate Diaz right now. No. Um, so, yeah, man, it's great. When's, the, when's this fight going to happen? I Fuck don't know. I, you know what? Honestly, I don't think Nate cares about a belt anymore, and that's good. So, these are, I don't mind seeing these like filler fights, kind of. So, the Nate... Leon Edwards fight, I don't get. 
I don't understand. Well, I just think that Nate uh, Leon Edwards, the UFC is trying to build him. I think a little bit. I think that they realize that okay, he might be a little better, more have more star power than they think. If he could come in and beat a guy like Nate Diaz, then you're able to market a guy. And yeah, I just how that came, like how Nate's taking that fight is beyond me. So they must be. Yeah, they're going to pay him nicely. Well, that's what it is. You see what happened, Nate Diaz, like I was getting to before, how they changed the game, right? Um, So Nate Diaz is now headlining or co-headlining, and it's the first co-main event that's going to get five rounds in a non-title fight. I know that there's a weird, like, these sound like ESPN stats where you could. Yeah, but you know what it is, though? But it is important for the fighters. I agree. I agree with it. But I think that's how it needs to be from here on well, out. Well, I think that's usually been the case. Like Dana will always be so hard nosed on these things. You could look back to the Ronda Rousey situation where he's like, "Oh, they'll never have a female fighter in, in the UFC until one came along that moved the needle enough." And then, you know, I'll never let a guy box Connor box. Mm-hmm. Um, you you don't get a pay per view share unless you're a champion. Nick Diaz got a pay per view share without being a champion. Yep. Um, you're not gonna you're not gonna have a Main event headline a pay per view without a, a title fight until Nate Diaz and Connor I think two right might have been right headline that fight or he- headline that card no title on the line so you see like there's a lot of firsts that happen when they need it to happen but I like the the main event and co main event being uh, five rounds and the reason why I like it is because your co main event. If it's not going to be a title fight, it's usually going to be two guys that are going to be fighting for a title. Yeah, so you need, or there's beef there. You need a fair, you need a fair one. Is the best way to put well, it. A fair like, one, but you know you, what? Five rounds. That's listen. I could go on and on about fights that should have been five rounds that weren't. Yeah, but you know, you, five rounds. You're talking about a different preparation. So now you're going to see. Who's got that gas tank to go into those championship rounds? So that's what it's going to look like when they get a belt. Yeah, and it changes the way you fight in the first round. So if you're a fast starter, you might not be a fast starter. And I know I always talk about Frankie, but this is very prevalent because this is something that Frankie had said before his fight against Brian Ortega, which is why I think he made the mistake that he made that early on. So Frankie was doing an interview on uh, UFC Unfiltered. And he had said to Matt Sarah, because they asked him about his preparation for the fight. And he said, well, you know, the one thing that's going to be different for me is fighting three-round fights. He goes, because I'm so used to fighting a five-rounder where you you're kind of feel, feeling things out in the first round, right? First, second round, you're kind of feeling things out. With a three-round fight, you've need, you need to get after it in that first round. You need that first round. So just in case you lose that second round... Okay, You're in now I need this third round. If you lose that first round, you've got to win two in a row. Kind of changes oh, wait, your that, preparation. Is that, is that how the best two out of three works for the people? Guys, that's how yeah. it works. So if you lose the first round, in order to win a decision, you have to win the next two. Thank you, Tommy D. The Reverend speaks that, ladies and gentlemen. Just call me Booger McFarlane. Thank uh, you. Oh, <laughs> well played. Or DC. Yeah. You know, Cormier is the same fucking But, way. yeah, I mean, but you know what? That's a different headspace that you got to be in when you've got to yeah. win those two rounds in a row. And not only Woo. that, you know what's great? That aside, finally it's good for the fighters because there's been so many fighters, you know, that have been losing out on these types of situations because of the UFC's stupid fucking rules. And now when someone comes along and breaks the mold, they don't have that – you know, there's precedent set, so mm-hmm. the UFC can't use that same bullshit. In so I like that. So I, I just hope this is going to be the precedence for every fight night. Okay, now every pay per view. Yeah, now gun to your head. Mm-hmm. Does that fight happen? Which one, Connor? Nate? No, the the Leon Edwards against um, Nate. Like for it just seems so far away, and any time like with, with these two fighters specifically, especially lately with Leon. And just Nate throughout his career. I see this called off and then back on at least once. Until they fucking, until they step off the scale and the the fighters are weighed in and good to go. Because then I know Nate's not going to back out for anything other than like some, you know. Money. Some like keeping it real shit or something. Like you said, this is a very strange fight for Nate Diaz to take because Leon Edwards is coming off of a no contest to Bilal Muhammad. Um so why Nate's taking this fight? Maybe he's taking this fight because Leon Edwards wouldn't, and uh, Street Jesus never happened, 
and Street Jesus beat the shit out of Nate Diaz in their BMF title fight. Um, maybe Dana White told, you know, Nate, if you want to fight Connor, you need one more fight, you know, and then we'll make that fight happen for the trilogy fight. I don't know, but I know Nate Diaz is not going to just take a fight like this without some sort of implications on the back end. Or a huge paycheck. It's not going to be a huge paycheck against Leon fucking Edwards. Health and Fitness Professionals is your one-stop shop for all things sports medicine. They now have four locations in Woodbridge, Scotch Plains, South Plainfield, and Freehold, New Jersey. They're now offering physical therapy, occupational therapy, pain management, chiropractic services, acupuncture, cryotherapy, you name it, they do it. I can't say enough about their chiropractors on site. I get adjusted literally three times a week to get my old 35-year-old self feeling as best as possible. Contact them today. Check out their website, www.hfrehab.com for more info. Hey guys, Sturch here from the Chop Sports Podcast, and I want to tell you a little bit about Sunflower Meadow Seasoning. First of all, a guy my size likes flavor on his food, and there's nobody other than Jess that I go to for that. Her flavors range from French onion, BLT, Cajun country, so much more. They got dip blends, season shakers, smoothie mixes. Not even kidding, I've added some of their smoothie mixes to my post-workout protein shakes, and my goodness, what a difference. Get on over to sunflowermeadowseasoning.com for their entire list of products tell them chop sports sent you and we're back my goodness and tommy couldn't wait to do that i hope dave picks up on it because that's for you buddy all right so here we are we got the date diaz thing out of the way we got the jake paul thing out of the way we got the ben Askren bullshit out of the way so now let's get down to the brass tacks about why we're here today and that's to break down ufc 260 over the weekend sugar show sugar show sugar show the Sugar Show. All right. So the Sugar Show, the 13-0 and Sugar Show from the Nevada State. What was he? What did he say? The the Sugarland State Athletic Commission. Yeah. The Sugar State Athletic Commission deems him now 14-0. and The Sugar Show is still undefeated even though he's not. But. Hey, did, a, you, did you peep that, uh, that braid job that he had? The yeah. back of his head was a pot leaf. I didn't see that. Yeah. Um, but damn, Sugar Show is bringing it, man. That's, that's some better shit. better than the bullshit he pulled in his last fight with the, um, with the rainbow hair where he was being 6'9". That was awkward to me. But anyway, Ooh. anyway, man, he looked good. He did, um, except for the walk-off knockout in the beginning. Like, look, man, walk-off knockouts are awesome. And, like, Tyler got all pissed off at us Monday night. Uh, you're, 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 like, talking shit on him. No. No, because it was an amazing performance. It was. But if you're going to do a walk-off knockout, you better make sure that that dude is knocked out. It happened twice. It happened in the first round where he could have finished him. If he yeah. just followed up with some shots. And then it happened in the third round when he actually did finish him. But, you know. That one was definitely that. The ref should have stopped him. Yeah. Stopped the fight there. But it's not up to the fucking fighter to decide that. It's up no, to the ref. No, because Almeida, as you saw in that first round, he got up and he was fine. You know what I mean? He yeah. was still pushing forward. Um, now, but, for all of you guys out there, I just showed Tommy the angle. But for anybody that is on Instagram, which should be pretty much the entire fucking world. Yeah. Sugar Sean O'Malley. You could just type in, sh- like... Sugar Sean and it will pop up and go to his um go to his feed and check out his post and there's an angle that his coaches took of the knockout and it is brutal I've watched it a hundred times the noise the sound the yeah. fucking yeah man but you know what though I mean it was a great performance by by O'Malley and he definitely rebounded from the Cheeto Vera fight you got to give it up to Almeida for having a chin and a half yeah he took some punishment and he kept moving forward. Um, Until he didn't. Yeah, well, he just could, he couldn't get it together against you know a guy who's beyond unorthodox. Um, so that unorthodoxness, will that be good against Dominic Cruz? I think there's a chance it could be because you had you know Cody breakdancing in front of Dom when they fought for uh, for the belt, and Dom couldn't figure him out. So maybe Dom can't figure out Shane. I. If this fight happens, I don't think it's going to happen. I think uh, Dominic Cruz's feet are going to give him problems again, and he's going to have to take some time off. 
You think Dominic? So you're questioning Dominic Cruz's heart? No, I'm questioning Dominic Cruz's feet. <laughs> feet. <laughs> I thought you were you were like making you were insinuating that Dominic Cruz was going to pull out of this fight. Out no, of but fear. if this fight happens, uh, Keith Peterson has to be the referee for it. What is that? Oh, I know why. Because he smelled like cigarettes and alcohol. He was hanging out with Michael Bisping too much, I think. Are you intoxicated? Yeah. <laughs> Is that what you were getting at? <laughs> it took me a second to get it. I was like, wait, which accent am I supposed to pull out here? And then I was like, oh, yeah. And GSP just turned into Arnold. Awesome. <laughs> wait, is that what I did? Yeah, you did. We'll edit that. It works, though. It's okay. It's all right. It's um, fine. Doesn't GSP sound like Arnold, though, to you a little bit? You know, he's... I, I don't know. I'm pretty <laughs> sure he is Austin. Anyway. <laughs> Are you intoxicated? No, I'm just high. Off weed. Sorry. <laughs> and terrible at um, doing Canadian, French yeah, Canadian impressions. Accents. Yeah. Anyway, my girlfriend is French, so. Mer. Oui. Mer. Frank Mer. Ashley Mer. All right, we're going to have to edit some of this out, but I'll leave some of it in because it is good stuff. So, all right, well, enough about the little guys. Let's get to why we're really here. And let's talk about these big boys. Oof. Boy, were we wrong. Yeah. I mean, I think that in the back of our heads, we both kind of knew we might be wrong. But it was just the disrespect of being an underdog for Stipe. I, I mean, no, that, that really I was dead off. set on Stipe doing the same thing that he did the last time. I thought he was going to drag him down to the ground. You know when I realized Stipe was going to lose? When he came in there like 180 pounds? Yeah, well, first of all, he did look a little sickly. But that's he always does to me. I don't know. Stipe just never looks. Like he came like, in the lightest. He's weight, and I'm sitting there like I was thinking. I'm like, is that smart, man? Like, yeah. I get you want to be faster, but fuck, bro. Man. When Stipe got uh, went in for the takedown and it got stuffed, it was like, oh shit, <laughs> this fight's over. Yeah, <laughs> like, there was no turning back at that point. And the way he stuffed the takedown was like with brute force. Mm-hmm. It was like he oh he threw those hips down. Yeah. Uh, but the thing was, and you noticed. At the end of that first round, Ngannou's mouth was wide open. I think if Stipe was able to get through that second round with the way Ngannou was thrown, because he was throwing everything behind it. Now, yes, he was patient. He was patient. But that's a giant individual. It's just that, hard to keep Yeah, he was eventually going to get tired. So had it gone on, I think it could have went into Stipe's favor. But everybody knows my Rocky references at Chop Sports. Look at Francis Ngannou like Clever Lang. Like when Apollo Creed was was trying to prepare Rocky for Clever Lang. You needed to get through those beginning beginning fights because after that he was going to be out of steam. Yeah. So, but you know what? It didn't happen that way. We're looking at the Mike Tyson's punch out. Mm-hmm. And that's literally how, you know. Yeah. It didn't it didn't happen that way in <laughs> Good God. That last punch really was not necessary, but the referee was not there in enough time. Um, but, you know, it, hey, there's the new king. And yeah. God who's got the belt. And it definitely, DC said something after the fight that it, this changes the way the world will look at the heavyweight title. Being that it's in Ganu and the way he, the presence he has, the size. And I kind of agree. Uh, I do. I like Ngannou's story more than... You know, his presence with the belt, his story. That's, you're going to talk about probably the greatest story ever. You know, the yeah. guy keeps getting caught trying to get into Spain, gets into Spain, gets thrown into jail. Like, holy then shit. Then he tries to get into France. Then he tries to get into Morocco. Then he tries yeah. to get it. You know, he's and he was doing this all by sea. Yeah. It was like, what are you fucking eating out of garbage cans yeah, and man. shit like that? And then and just walk into a boxing ring. Like, we're saying this seriously. Like, this dude. Fucking literally fought for his life. Just watch the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah, unbelievable story. And even just like a little bit ago, you see the the lack of, I don't want to say this and, and, and come off a certain type of way, but you see the guy now, right? And then you see him like in these pictures six years ago, and he was like in his mid-20s or maybe eight years ago, early 20s, and he's a full-grown man. But, bro, he's put on like 100 pounds. <laughs> he's big. He's, he's big, dude. He was, and he's only 31. Wow. He's only 31. He hasn't even hit his athletic prime yet. Well, he has, but just for heavyweights. Usually heavyweights in the in the UFC don't hit their peak until, like, mid-30s. So, yeah, I agree in that sense. But, you know, you're... Yeah, but even regular peak, like, 33 is your, your athletic prime. What? Yeah. 
bro, what? Who? You? Think about this right no. now. How, are you two years ago? You were in your athletic prime. Two years ago, I was not thirty three. <laughs> well, four years ago, for three these years. athletes, and you could look it up. 33 is like the athletic prime. When you say look it up, like Google it. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> Joe Rogan said it. That's um, so then that, that must be it. Joe Rogan said it, guys. Your athletic prime is now 33 because Joe Rogan. That's said what they it. say. Like the area of 30 to 33 is your athletic prime. I don't know. Baseball players at the age 27 have their best season traditionally. So baseball is not combat sports. I'm just talking about athletic prime period. Right, so you're telling me what? How old's Connor? Thirty-one. Yeah. All right. Case in point. Right. Okay. Connor's in his prime right now. Yeah. No. Stop, bro. One forty-five. Connor was prime. Look it up. All right. I'll Google it. All right. So enough about athletic prime. Either way, and Ganu's thirty-one. He's fucking got the world ahead of him. Especially so, in a heavyweight division, he's got like another ten more years. And there's really. There's finally some fights in the heavyweight division. One fight that excites me and excites the entire world is the potential John Jones matchup. Um, but our boy John, I know I have a love-hate relationship with John Jones. I don't like him more than I like him, but I respect his hustle. I respect. His I love game. to hate him. I love to hate him. Um, what's he doing with these tweets? I don't know. I mean... First of all, when he just put show me the money, I don't think it was right for Dana to try and put his whole little spin on it. And, you know, John Jones says Dana White hates me. You know what? And he's got reason to. Yeah, I agree that that Dana should have just kept his mouth shut. But he does have reason to not like John Jones. Like, you, John Jones, you cannot sit there and think that Dana has no reason to dislike you because of all the bullshit that you've done, the cards that you've ruined. The, the black stain that you've put on the UFC with your bullshit. Yeah. So, yeah, Dana White does have a right to not like you a little bit. But in this instance, Dana White shouldn't have brought up the, sh- you know, you could say you want to fight someone until you actually want to fight them. Now, here's my thing, though. I, I get Dana White's side of it because why did John Jones say that? Like, you could say that in the negotiations. That's fine. You don't need to say that publicly because... The public needs to know that you're down. Don't leave this veil where even I was like, John looks like you don't want to fight. That's the first thing that I took from that. If I took that from that, I'm the smartest guy I know. (laughs) So if I thought that, then so many people thought that clearly. I just think that John saw the way that Stipe got knocked unconscious. And was like, for me to get knocked out like that, I'm going to get a lot of money. I want to get paid. (laughs) So it's almost an acknowledgement of... If you expect me to take that shot, which you know I'm willing to, but you're just gonna have to pay me at least that. Like and you know what, million. the potential champ, champ. You know, I, mean, I get it. He's not the light heavyweight champion anymore, and the champ, champ thing's kind of getting drawn out. But if I want champ, champ, I want light heavyweight, heavyweight. Yeah, that that's what I want from like champ, champ. You know, that's going back from the Couture era. That's so why the, I respect Izzy. I respect these guys that, that take that leap and make it. You know, yeah. you dare to be great. You're going to fall flat sometimes. But, you know, you didn't see a GSP do it until the, the opportunity arose for what he thought might be an easy fight. He didn't step up and fight Silva. You didn't see. I mean, I give credit to John Jones for this because he's moving up. You know, I, But is he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's going to fight at heavyweight. He you know, I don't want to see. And I understand that, you know. Maybe it wouldn't be this way this time. But after the Lewis and Ganu fight the first time. That's what time, I was going to say. It's too, it's too scary to risk right now. Yeah, but I don't know. Derek Lewis looks like he dropped like 40 pounds since that last well, fight. Well, that's because he's been working with nutrition. Well, either way. Regardless of who the fuck he's been working with, your boy. Was that Giordano? Is that Lou? That's what yeah. you're talking about? Yeah. So obviously that dude's a wizard and you see what he's done with Derek Lewis. Because Derek Lewis. Well, he like, actually got uh, Johnny Hendricks to make weight. Yeah, what do you what do? You do? What do you inject him with? Fucking? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what is it, this shit that Dillashaw was using? <laughs> but anyway, um, Black Beast looks really good. He's rejuvenated. He looks like he's actually had cardio in his last fight, which is yeah, crazy. But he, he does, but that that's not the problem. The problem was the last time those two fought, nobody wanted to throw a fucking punch. Out of pure fear, which I think 
the reason why you you book that again is because they might be so willing to not put on another fucking snooze fest that they gotta go all out. Yeah, but that's still a very big chance to to put money in promotion behind that for Ngannou's first title defense. I agree. So basically, what we're saying is the next fight has to be Ngannou Jones. It, it has to be Ngannou Jones. Be. It has to be. Um, now, if that's the case, then Stipe doesn't retire. You would think that the next fight for Stipe would have to be Derek Lewis, correct? Mm-hmm. I just don't see it any other way. That would be an interesting one, too, just because of how, how good Derek Lewis is with the hands. And, you know, I, I look at the way DC manhandled him when they fought. Now, mind you, he took he should never have taken that fight, Derek Lewis, because uh, it was it was too short after the fight that he had previously, and he said that in that fight that he had previously, he wasn't conditioned and he was tired. You're not going to take the fight against the champion when your conditioning is shit, especially DC, who can grind you out or knock you out. Um, a well conditioned Derek Lewis against the Stipe. It's interesting. You know, it would have to be a while after this fight because Stipe's chin's probably not going to be normal I, for I a just, while. I just want to know where Stipe's head is at in, as far as his long-term plan. If Stipe is trying to win the belt back and he's remotivated, he's 38, then yeah, if he's just doing it to stick around and because he likes to fight, then I think that it's he's getting himself into trouble. But then again, he's got that wrestling you know, he could probably drag Derek Lewis down at will as long as he doesn't get clipped on the way in and hold him there. I think he could do that. Um, so it is an interesting fight. I just don't see Stipe really. I think it might be it for him. And I hope it is. And, you know, everybody says to me, you know, especially Tyler, you should never tell somebody <laughs> I hope Tyler they not should retire. Every single time that you refer to Tyler, you give the, uh, the, 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 the. <laughs> that's, that's how he talks. <laughs> He's like, you should tell anybody when it's time for him to retire. Well, and you're right. But you look at things at face value here. Yeah. You look at things, you look at things at face value here. He's 38 years old. He just got viciously knocked out. By Francis Ngannou. He's already going down as the greatest heavyweight in UFC history. Unless somebody breaks his um, his title defense streak, which the only person I could see maybe doing it would be Ngannou, but I doubt it. Um, so you're talking, he's first ballot Hall of Famer ghost, goat status. Right off into the sunset, man. Yeah, I agree. It's time. I wouldn't say it's time because of what Tyler said you can't really tell someone else to retire, and Stipe's a legend. So you don't want to get into someone's head like that, but I just don't know that if, if he's not here for a title, it's a dangerous division to fight at the top for no reason. Like yeah, and, you can't, and I can't see them, like even if he beats Derek Lewis, you can't just give him a title shot right away because there's other heavyweights that are coming up. Like I forget the I mean, kid's you name. Can, you can. You, you can, but I forget the dude's name. He's the Russian uh, guy? He's a Russian. Yeah, the Russian kid. Like... He's got to start making his way up there. So what are we going to do? The the heavyweight round robin of the top three guys just keep going for title shots? He loses it. Now he gets it. Now he loses it. Now he gets it. Like, come on. I mean, I feel like it's the heavy the heavyweight title is the hardest to keep. Oh, it absolutely. You know, so if if five was if five defenses was the record was yeah. the record beforehand, you know that's insane because you look at Aldo Dominic Cruz. Like you mentioned, how long they had their belts for? How long GSP had the belt for? After Mighty Mouse, it, it, Mighty, Anders, Mighty Anders Mouse. Silva, oh my god! You know, and how long Khabib would have probably held the belt for? Mm-hmm. So you're talking about that one punch? Oh, and and Anderson Silva. So you're talking about the one punch knockout oh, power of the heavyweight you didn't division. Hear when I literally just said Anderson Silva, did you? I think so. I don't know. I don't even remember. So maybe I didn't. But anyway, yeah, you're right. I did though. I definitely said Anderson Silva. You might have. Um. It's interesting, but, you know, you can't keep playing the round robin. Like, Stipe's got to, if he wants to keep fighting, I think he's got to win at least two fights. Because this is his first defense after beating DC to regain his belt, losing it the first time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that Stipe's probably the only guy in the UFC that has a chance against Ngannou right now. Even though, you know, as a striker, Ngannou could get 
submit it easily, I think. Some of these guys, if they get him on the ground in the heavyweight division, would have their way with him. It's just a matter of, like... Getting him there. Getting him there. You know, <laughs> Stipe couldn't do it. Um, you saw DC's face after the fight. Yeah. When he was, like, they talked about, like, the potential, like, good thing you didn't have to get in there. And he was like, yeah, good <laughs> thing, because I'm not fucking trying to fight that guy. No, because, I mean, if you think about it, Going for the shot early for Stipe. I mean, I get why he did it, because he got cold-cocked. <laughs> yeah. Bad. Um, if you could find a way to stay outside and stay out of danger and make him miss, you know, maybe you can get a takedown from there. But if you can wait, like, a round or two. Yeah. Let him tire himself out. Then start going for those takedowns. Maybe kick his legs a little bit. Because those are some big hips to be thrown into somebody on a takedown. Especially when you fail that takedown. All thing, I'm saying is, thank God is, it's not pride. There's not many guys that Ngannou respects their power in the early game, in the early stages of the fight. Even though Stipe is probably the guy, only guy in the UFC that has a chance at Ngannou right now, um, there's probably a wrestler or a jiu-jitsu guy out there that if they could drag him down to the ground, they'd have a fucking chance, but I just don't see it happening. Not right now. Not no. at 31. That is, quote-unquote, prime, athletic prime, like Tommy said. But that's all we got for you guys today. Um, it was fun. Episode three, I'm still a little stoned. I should probably stop smoking weed before these shows um, <laughs> because Tommy gets here and then we have to sit here for four hours while I hit stop and record and stop and record. But either way, it's fun. Tommy's got nothing better to do because he's married and he's got two kids. So he loves coming out to the studio. Maybe one of these days we'll get some beers. But guys, look, if you're listening, share it, subscribe, like, leave a comment, buy something in the store, follow us on Instagram. I haven't really got going on Instagram yet. We have... um. We have like 10 pages. We added five new fucking podcasts this week. So things are moving in the proper direction. Um, in the next coming weeks, we're going to hopefully hire some people, add some help so I could get freed up to be more creative. And then we get to put on more beautiful fucking shows mm -hmm. and put out great content. And we get to hone in on our craft a little bit. But for Tommy D over at Pride Rules, Fightbook MMA, and now the Chop Heads MMA podcast and myself, Chris Gucci, we are out and ready for that Wu-Tang, Wu-Tang, bong, bong. I can't wait to edit this right I'd now. Rather, I'd rather you edit the video and put it on the page first. Yeah. Don't care. I'm, you don't care what? You don't care what you want. Oh, okay. And we are still live. So now we get down to the brass balls, or the brass tacks, I should say. Get these balls off my chin. <laughs>